Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez reporting today from downtown Sacramento, where the largest mass shooting in this city's history happened early Sunday morning. Here's what we know. Six people were killed and 12 injured in the incident. The fatalities included three men and three women. The shooting happened around 2 a.m. Sunday morning in this downtown business district, not far from the state capitol building, a district filled with bars and restaurants which were closing for the night. The Sacramento police have made no arrests and say they are looking for more than one suspect. Authorities are also asking for the public's help in identifying the perpetrators. Downtown streets that were close to traffic and pedestrians have now been reopened and mass transit is once again running through the area. This mass shooting was notable for the symbolism of where it happened, literally just down the street from the state capitol building where legislators have passed some of the toughest gun control measures in the country in recent years. I talked about that yesterday with Democratic Assemblymember Kevin McCarthy, who represents the district where this mass shooting occurred. He said he was still processing just how surreal it was to have an eruption of such violence in the state capitol. Well, it's surreal for a few reasons. One, I'm a lifelong Sacramentan. This is my assembly district. This is my home. This is my downtown. This happened just outside of my district office. I literally drove by and I saw families waiting to hear news on their loved one sitting under my sign that says Assemblymember Kevin McCarty. And what about the fact that this happened almost at the front door of the state capitol building where you work, where a lot of other legislators work who have passed some very tough gun control laws in recent years, and you've been part of that. Where do you go from here with gun control legislation? Yeah, I mean, it is surreal. If you look out, the balcony where we debate laws and we debate laws on, on gun issues this week. You can literally look out the balcony and see the crime scene. So explain to Californians, we have so many tough gun laws on the books already. How could this have happened in a state where the gun laws are so strict? We are not Texas. We are not so many other places in the country that are so permissive when it comes to firearms. Well, first of all, we don't know what happened here. We don't know what type of firearm was used, whether it was an automatic rifle, whether whether it was purchased illegally, what the facts are. So we need to gather the facts, which we're doing. But we do know that, yeah, we do have smart gun laws and our safe is uh, safe for the other states without smart gun laws. But there are a bunch of loopholes. You know, if you really want a firearm and you want to traffic illegal firearms, you could drive 100 or so miles to the east of here, go to Nevada and show up at a gun show where they don't have background checks. They don't have these type of laws. Uh, You can go on the internet and buy these parts to manufacture 
and make your own um, automatic type weapon with these ghost gun parts. And we have stepped up, but I think there are still some, some issues to address. Some people still slip through the cracks and we need to continue our work. Do you think there's a lot of room left to pass even more tough gun control legislation here in California? So I think what we need are, are smart uh, national gun laws. And I know it's very frustrating. Our, our nation has way more gun violence than any other nation by far, as we know. And, you know, we, we, we can't think of this as a normal we just need to you know, be reminded that our work is not done. And unfortunately, this is a reminder right here in our backyard and literally in my backyard. All right. Assemblyman Kevin McCarthy of Sacramento, thank you so much for joining us on the California Report. Thank you. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The violence that occurred in Sacramento happened in a part of the city that has struggled for years to attract visitors and new commercial life. That was made much tougher by the closure of downtown businesses during the worst months of the pandemic, and now, of course, a mass shooting. Yesterday, I talked about the challenges facing downtown in the wake of the shooting with Sacramento's mayor, Daryl Steinberg. Violence is random. Um, it could happen anytime, anywhere. But people ought to come downtown. You look at the last week, we've had three major concerts. Downtown has been full of people having a good and great time. And we want that to continue. And, and you just had a mass shooting, Mr. Mayor. I understand, at 2 in the morning. And, I, and of course, people should take precautions. And we are going to uh, address this, first to arrest the perpetrators, and secondly, to continue to do what we're already doing, which is to enhance the lighting, uh, more security cameras, all of that downtown. But it would be a mistake for uh, everyone to retreat and say, we're not going to uh, go out to eat, we're not going to go to the Kings game, we're not going to go to the concert. And will Sac the city of Sacramento and authorities do everything possible to just keep people safe who are obviously. going about their lives in downtown Sacramento? Well, obviously, we will do that. And we're already doing that. We just put $8 million into what we call clean and safe, mostly for the downtown area. Um, and it's in the process of being implemented, including more security cameras, more lighting. Uh, we do have more security downtown. We do have more outreach workers to intervene with the youth when a fight starts. We're doing all that, and we need to do more of it. Again, that was Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg. Meanwhile, the people of Sacramento are trying to make sense of the violence that erupted in their city. Last night, just outside of the police cordon surrounding the crime scene, I met downtown Sacramento resident Rudy Fox. He shared his anger and frustration about what had happened. You know, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's crazy, it's childish. You know, don't harm innocent people. Yeah. You know, that hurts many, many people. And just to do something as crazy as this here, you know, for what? You know, try to prove a point. You know, it's probably, like I say, it's probably over something senseless. Well, you know, nobody ever thinks this will happen in their community. I mean, it's true. all so awful, but it's true. It's I so assume true. that's the case with you. You never yeah, thought, like, no. this would never happen in downtown no, Sacramento. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it at all because, you know, Sacramento has been, you know, very peaceful. You know, and you can, you know, come here at night. You go out, have a good time with your friends. And you sort of feel relatively safe. You know, and but to this to expect this, no. It's a beautiful place. 
down here. But to this time, this time is only going to disturb people from coming here. You know, because to me, you know, I want to feel safe because I don't know what's going to happen anymore. Again, that's Sacramento resident Rudy Fox. Sunday's violence was the third time in the U.S. this year where at least six people have been killed in a mass shooting. That, according to a database compiled by the Associated Press, USA Today, and Northeastern University. And it was the second mass shooting in Sacramento in the last five weeks. On February 28th, a father killed his three daughters, a chaperone, and himself in a church during a weekly supervised visitation. David Mora was armed with a homemade semi-automatic weapon, even though he was under a restraining order that prohibited him from possessing a firearm. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The Golden State Warriors played the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento last night, just blocks away from where the shooting took place. Players held a moment of silence before starting the game for the victims and their families. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr said it would be his ninth or tenth time attending a moment of silence in response to shooting as head coach. He called on the government to act. At some point, our government has to decide Um, Are we going to have some common sense gun laws? It's not going to solve everything, but it will save lives. Kerr declined to even discuss basketball at the pregame press conference, saying he didn't feel it was appropriate. And in other California news, now that pandemic rental relief has been extended thanks to a bill signed late last week, the state attorney general's office is putting some landlord attorneys on notice after receiving reports that their clients are using false claims in order to evict tenants. KQED's Aaron Baldessari has more. Right now, tenants can't be evicted if they've applied to the state's rent relief program and are still waiting on a payout. But some landlords have been trying to get around that law by lying on court documents, falsely claiming their tenants never applied to the program or didn't fill out all the required paperwork. The state's new housing strike force sent letters to law firms that represent landlords late last month, reminding them that using these false claims to evict tenants is illegal. The AG's office is encouraging lawyers who represent landlords to review their clients' documentation very carefully. For the California Report... I'm Aaron Baldessari. For weeks now, COVID cases in Los Angeles County have been steadily falling, but now they appear to have plateaued. KPCC senior health reporter Jackie Fortier says lifting mandatory mask rules and the spread of another highly transmissible variant are to blame. Two months since the peak of the Omicron surge, L.A. County's cases have flatlined at about 660 per day. Here's L.A. County Health Director Barbara Ferrer. Every single time we have reduced the restrictions or the levels of protection that are required, we have always seen uh, an uptick. Our job right now is to make sure that this doesn't lead to a significant increase in cases. Nearly a third of recent L.A. County tests that had advanced genetic sequencing were BA2. That's the highly contagious Omicron subvariant sweeping the globe. Ferrer said another child was reported to have died from the virus. Eleven children have now died from COVID-19 in L.A. County. 
For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. And that's The California Report for today, Monday, April 4th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Reporting from downtown Sacramento, I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org/health-equity. The James Irvine Foundation, accepting nominations now for the 2023 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!